0: First story of this week is could only be coronavirus. This is in the Daily Mail. Mark Zuckerberg says Facebook will give the World Health Organization free ads and remove false claims and conspiracy theories in ongoing battle against coronavirus misinformation. Who decides what's a the theory and misinformation? They do. The article says. Facebook has revealed more measures to help its users quickly access accurate information regarding the coronavirus outbreak. The social network is providing the World Health Organization with as many free ads as it needs for its coronavirus response. You see, I've said all along that social media is a vehicle for what some people call the permanent government deep state. And it's censoring so that eventually what people will ever see and hear is what the deep state and the permanent government want them to see in here. By permanent government, I mean that which is always there while politicians come and go. And this story is... An obvious example of what I've said, as you could get, really, in that respect. It is also removing false claims and conspiracy theories, the article continues, that have been flagged by leading global health organisations as it seeks to ensure users are not misinformed about the virus and its risks. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg detailed the new features in a post on Wednesday morning. Users who search for coronavirus on Facebook will see a pop-up at the top of search results directs them to the World Health Organization or local health authority for the latest information. In the case of UK-based users, this will be the NHS website. This is now a global challenge and we spent the past month working with health authorities to coordinate our response, Zuckerberg said in the post. We're focused on making sure everyone can access credible and accurate information, what is officially deemed to be credible and accurate information, which is not always, in fact, in many cases, not the same thing. This is critical, he continues, in any emergency, but it's especially important when there are precautions you can take to reduce the risk of infection. The CEO also outlined efforts to stop hoaxes and harmful misinformation from appearing in users' news feeds that capitalise on their concerns. These include false claims, theories and ads that try to exploit the situation, such as those for face masks, which are next to useless, by the way. I know that from someone who uses masks often in their business because of the industry they work in. They work in a powder coating factory and they know it. they're useless but it's it's what they've got they are useless anyway it goes on these include false claims theories and ads that try to exploit the situation such as those for face masks that involve limited supply to boost sales facebook will be working with global health experts and give support and millions more in ads credits to other organizations In February, the company said it would ban advertisements for products offering any cures or prevention around the coronavirus outbreak and those that create a sense of urgency around the situation. Facebook had to cancel its annual F8 developers Conference, I assume that's supposed to be, which was due to take place in May because of the virus. The latest figures for coronavirus cases were wise at nearly ninety-three thousand infections with more than three thousand one hundred deaths. Other social media platforms have been taking steps to improve their coverage of the virus, officially called COVID nineteen or COVID-19. Searches on Pinterest for coronavirus take users to a curated web page, while World Health Organization launched an account and video at TikTok late last week. TikTok. Don't get me started. Google also teamed up with the World Health Organization to launch an SOS alert dedicated to the coronavirus at the end of January. The search engine well, prioritizes Facebook information on, on virus and the virus from the World Health Organization, including safety tips on WHO, and WHO Twitter owns, updates so we on the spread valley, of the virus and how to stay safe. The cult which owns military intelligence and owns Israel, as I explained in an episode called All Roads Lead to Israel. So whenever he's speaking, the cult is speaking. Facebook was created by the Pentagon. Provable fact and runs its platform on behalf of the cult which owns the pentacle. It's very clear that coronavirus, whether real or manufactured, is being exploited on behalf of the cult to justify an enormous transformation of society, including totalitarian lockdown of society, which I talk about in episode 31, cashless society, which I talk about in episode 35, restrictions on travel, episode 6, lack of physical contact, dividing people, including old. Lack of large-scale public events. Stopping people coming together. Divide and rule. Small businesses being impacted by the economic implications. Episode 32. The impact on trade and commerce affecting small businesses. A massive economic crash. Episode 59, part 1. We're looking at a long-planned agenda. The very agenda I've been communicating since pay-per-view began. Society is gender-driven. And if you can access that agenda... You can predict the future, it's not really prediction, it's just knowing that society is agenda driven and so if nothing intervenes or nobody intervenes to stop that agenda then it's going to happen. And that's the whole point of pay-per-view is to alert people to that fact. All these things have been in the planning for a very long time as part of the cult's agenda and coronavirus in terms of the response to it justifies so much of the agenda. And in the previous episode I talked about some of the cult agenda goals which could be realised as a response to the coronavirus under the guise of protecting people. There's an article here in the Daily Mail on that subject. Britons could be forced to put their lives on hold for three months under coronavirus battle plan that would see troops on the streets, police ignoring minor crime and patients chirped out of hospitals amid warning that one in five workers could go sick. Of course, this is the totalitarian society emerging. Britons could be forced to put their lives on hold for three months after a battle plan to combat coronavirus I and mean, warnings today that the deadly disease could incapacitate a fifth of the UK's workforce. And what will replace the UK's workforce? Well, that many people are not at work. AI, automation, which has long been the plan. And with the economic implications of that, it would be the perfect time to introduce a universal credit a universal basic income which is also the plan and i've talked about that in episode 22. all these things i've talked about before boris johnson set out the government's blueprint to deal with a mass outbreak of the bug that includes a raft of socially unique and economically costly contingency moves as a last resort. Sporting events could be asked and social distancing strategy would see people encouraged to work from home to avoid unnecessary travel, while an army of NHS volunteers could be recruited to help ease the burden on the health service. As the number of confirmed UK cases passed 50, it revealed police could ignore low-level crime and troops could be deployed on the streets if officers are incapacitated through illness. Another element of the agenda, the emergence of the military police force to replace the police force we've had up to this point as psychopathic as many police officers are anyway, already. In America, they don't need to do that in certain places because there's many places in America where that already is the case anyway. Hospital patients not suffering from the disease could also be sent home to free up beds and local authorities will be helped with the challenge of dealing with increasing numbers of deaths among the elderly and vulnerable because it's only those with compromised immune systems or the vulnerable who are likely to die from coronavirus. Everyone else, it won't necessarily be pleasant, but it won't kill you. So there's an enormous number of people who don't die from coronavirus. I've heard it suggested that that was coronavirus, and they got over it and they're fine now. There was no panic. There was no isolation. There was no wash your hands every time you come in from outside. There was no you got to cancel this, you've got to cancel that. They were ill go over it if that's what they had and it's been suggested that it was anyway the article continues These measures could be in place of up to 12 weeks in a bid to contain the spread of the virus and treat those affected. The striking scenario emerged as Boris Johnson published the action plan, warning at a press conference that it was now highly likely there would be a major outbreak of coronavirus in the UK. The threat was underlined this afternoon as it emerged the number of confirmed cases has jumped from 39 to 51 of the past day. The PM said the government would take all necessary and reasonable steps, but appeal for the public to keep going about our business as usual. Asked whether he thought the UK still had the bulldog spirit to combat the virus, Prime Minister said, I do think that this is a national challenge. The potential is there for this to be something that our country has to get through. But I have absolutely no doubt that we have the resources and the health service to get through it, as much as the health service functions now. The report stresses that the response is still in the containment phase, with just 39 confirmed cases in this country so far. But experts fear that they will have to shift to delay tactics, effectively damage limitation, within days or weeks after a rising infections across Europe. A reasonable worst case scenario would see 80% of the UK population contract the virus, with up to a fifth of employees unable to work in peak weeks. Such an outbreak could take hold within such an outbreak could take hold within weeks, and it would be three months before its highest point was reached. Scientists are still hoping that if rapid spread can be staved off until the summer, warmer weather will help, but are becoming increasingly pessimistic about the prospects of avoiding a major outbreak in the UK. The 28 page action plan published by the government today was agreed at the first emergency COBRA meeting to be chaired by the PM yesterday. It states that the vast majority of cases will have only mild to moderate effects on individuals, but points out that the virus is highly infectious. As it is a new virus, a lack of immunity in the population and the absence as yet of an effective vaccine means that COVID-19 has the potential to spread extensively, the document says. The current data seems to show that we are all susceptible to catching this disease and thus it seems more likely than not that the UK will be significantly affected. In other key developments, the US Federal Reserve cut interest rates by half a percent in a shock emergency move designed to shield the world's largest economy from the impact of the coronavirus. There is speculation the Bank of England could follow suit after Governor Mark McCartney said the international economic response to coronavirus will be powerful and timely but played down fears there will be a worse hit than the 2008 credit crunch. Well, a massive a global economic crash is a possibility and there's every possibility that it could be at least partly engineered into place under the guise of it happening purely as a result of their response to coronavirus because a new financial global system is designed to replace it which has been the cult's agenda all along a global centralized banking system to dictate global finance to every country and a world cashless currency and we're now hearing that money can carry the virus so it's better to switch to it's better to use a credit card instead the treasury is preparing to find billions of pounds in next week's budget to help firms cope with the financial fallout BA, 8 easyjet and ryanair cancelled hundreds of flights ruining the plans of thousands of travelers Global economic growth could be slashed in half, according to the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development. The public were urged to clean their smartphone screens with alcohol wipes twice a day to help prevent the spread. At least 11 more schools closed after positive coronavirus tests were scarce, despite government advice to shut only on the oldest health officials. The NHS 111 helpline reported it was receiving a 70% increase in calls compared with last year. But how many of them were coronavirus cases and how many of them were people concerned they could have it? Stories reported seeing a surge in panic buying and experts warned of food rights in the worst-case scenario. As many as 5 million workers could be left without sick pay if they were forced to stay home. The health secretary said the government had powers to compel patients to self-isolate if they refused to. The World Health Organization, a branch of the United Nations, which sits on land donated by the Rockefellers, by the way, warned that the situation was now uncharted territory. Buckingham Palace said an investiture today would go ahead and there were no plans to alter royal itineraries. City firms banned hot-desking and large meetings of more than 25 staff. Speaking in Downing Street, flat by Chief Medical Officer for England, Chris witty and Chief Scientist Sir Patrick Vallance, Mr Johnson said the government's plan was to contain, delay, research mitigate. Let me be absolutely clear that for the overwhelming majority of people who contract the virus, this will be a mild disease from which they will speedily and fully recover, as we have already seen, he said. But I fully understand public concern, your concern, about the global spread of the virus and it is highly likely that we will see a growing number of UK cases and that's why keeping the country safe is the government's overriding priority and our plan means we are committed to doing everything possible based on the advice of our world-leading scientific experts to prepare for all eventualities. He made a good point where he said the overwhelming majority of people who contract the virus will be suffering from a mild disease from which they will speedily and fully recover. I mean, it's just an advanced form of flu. And regular flu kills far more people every year without any mass panic. The plan published today says in the event of mass infections, government will aim to minimise the social and economic impact subject to keeping people safe. There will be population distancing strategies such as school closures, encouraging greater home working and reducing the number of large-scale gatherings to slow the spread of the disease. School closures. Well, at least the kids won't be programmed with the official narrative of everything and will be able to be kids as long as they can be kept away from their brain rewiring technology, that is. Pensioners will be advised to stay away from events such as VE Day commemorations to avoid putting themselves at risk. However, experts say that an infected person is as likely to pass on the virus to 12 people in a pub as in a 70,000-seater stadium. Police would concentrate on responding to serious crimes and maintaining public order. I talk about the education system in episode 21 and why it's just a programming operation. And even more obviously all the time. The article continues. Meanwhile, the armed forces can be called upon to backfill gaps in emergency services and provide other assistance if required. The Ministry of Defence has put in place plans to ensure the delivery of its operations in the UK and overseas. There are also well-placed arrangements for defence to support the civil authorities if requested, the document says. The police could be asked to enforce road and building closures and the army could be drafted in to enforce lockdowns when necessary. The report also highlights the threat to the NHS, which could come under extreme pressure from a wave of cases. I've talked before about the plan to replace the NHS with a privatised system. And, of course, many people are opposed to that, which is encouraging. But that's another agenda goal that could be realised as a result of the response to coronavirus. Under mitigation plans, non-coronavirus patients could be discharged early from hospitals to recuperate at home and routine operations per spend. Recently, retired doctors, nurses, and other staff could be brought back to help increase capacity. Some non care may be delayed to prioritise and triage, or triage service delivery. Staff rostering changes may be necessary, including calling leavers and retirees back to duty. We will consider legislative options, if necessary, to help systems and services work more effectively in tackling the outbreak. Closing schools would not necessarily be an initial step as children seem less badly affected by coronavirus, but the option is being kept open. Teachers could also be allowed to take larger classes than usual to help reduce disruption to society. The plan also makes a grim reference to the need to deal with the strain on more capacity should a serious outbreak occur. There could well be an increase in deaths arising from the outbreak, particularly among vulnerable and elderly groups, it said. Pretty much only among vulnerable and elderly groups. Mr. Johnson said there were long-established emergency plans for ensuring everyone who died was treated with dignity. Asked about the military being drafted in to help keep order, he said the army is, of course, always ready to backfill as and when, but that is under the reasonable worst-case scenario. The PM gathered his cabinet after putting himself at the head of the response. Downing Street insiders have warned that life cannot carry on as we know if the virus gets a full grip in the UK. Chancellor Rishi Sunak is expected to tear up his budget plans to focus on the issue, unlocking billions of pounds to bolster services and proper businesses hammered by the economic consequences. Mr Johnson warned of a very significant expansion of the disease, possibly in days as it spreads across Europe. However, amid signs of panic in schools and shops, he called for business as usual for now with a focus still on containing coronavirus. Health Secretary Matt Hancock has said the total has risen to 51 when this article was published. In a common statement he said the situation facing the country is increasingly serious, globally and at home the number of cases continues to rise. As of 9am today, and this was published on 3rd of March. As of 9am today there were 51 confirmed cases in the UK and it's becoming more likely that we will see widespread transmission here in this country. Hancock said the government was pushing through emergency legislation to take the powers it might need in the coming weeks. Right now, we do not recommend the cancelling of mass events and schools. As well, should not be closing unless there is a positive case and schools have the advice to close. Mr. Hancock told BBC to Breakfast, "There may be things we have to do down the line that we don't want to, but we would need the powers to do that. Hence, proposing emergency legislation." would-be NHS volunteers have to wait between three and six months while they undergo criminal records checks, occupational health assessments and training. By the time they've been cleared, the pandemic is likely to have come and gone and Mr Hancock is hoping to make the process easier and more efficient. Later this week, a major public information campaign will be launched setting out clear steps the public can take to limit the spread of the virus, including washing their hands regularly. Nicholas Sturgeon, phoned into yesterday's meeting of the government's COBRA meeting. COBRA is the Cabinet Office briefing rooms which are used for Committees which coordinate the actions of government bodies in response to national or regional crises. Nicola Sturgeon, who phoned into yesterday's meeting of the government's COBRA meeting, revealed that experts believe that in a realistic worst case outcome, 50 to 80% of Scots could catch the virus in the coming months. The SNP leader said that 4% of Scots could end up being hospitalised over a long period. Whitehall sources acknowledged this could translate into more than 2 million people across the UK. Chancellor Rishi Sunak last night acknowledged that a severe outbreak had hit the economy but said the Treasury was working on a package to support your families, your businesses, and the public services on which you rely. Two million out of 77, 78 million. Just puts it into context. Officials have understood to be preparing to set aside billions of pounds in next week's budget to help firms and workers cope with the economic fallout from a potentially major epidemic. Meanwhile, Bank of England boss Mark Carney has warned the economic shock caused by coronavirus could prove large, but central banks and governments worldwide are preparing a powerful response. The bank's outgoing government governor told MPs on the Treasury Select Committee that while the hitch the economy in the UK and globally could be significant, it will ultimately be temporary. He said UK policymakers stand ready to act as appropriate to support the British economy and financial system and that there was likely to be a fiscal and monetary policy response both here and globally. The collective response will be both powerful and timely, according to Mr Kearney. He said the Bank of England's role is to help UK businesses and households manage through an economic shock that could prove large but will ultimately be temporary. The bank will take all necessary steps to support the UK economy and financial system consistent with its statutory responsibilities. He added that he has been holding a series of discussions with the chancellor over the assurance that the bank is ensuring all necessary contingency plans are in place. The committee heard the bank is considering a variety of policy options. While Chancellor Rishi Sunak is also looking at fiscal measures with the budget due on March the 11th. His comments come as world stock markets rebounded again on Tuesday, with the FTSE 100 index of around 2% on expectations that central banks globally will cut rates to counter the impact of coronavirus. Mr. Connolly said the economic impact in hard-hit countries around the world could be felt across at least one quarter, and possibly two, as the mitigation measures for the outbreak have gone beyond the containment phase to the delay phase. Comparing the outbreak to the 2008 financial crisis, he said that while it left lasting scars on the economy, the impact of the virus, also known as COVID-19, is expected to be disruption, not destruction. The bank is set to give more details on its expectations for the economic impact when it meets to decide on interest rates on March 26th. Social media has a very important role in stopping the spread of misinformation about the coronavirus outbreak, the Prime Minister has said. I featured a story about social media censoring misinformation or what's claimed to be misinformation about coronavirus in the last episode. Boris Johnson said social networking platforms had a responsibility to prevent theories about the virus spreading online. The Prime Minister was speaking at a press conference in 10 Downing Street, outlining the government's plan to respond to the outbreak of the illness known as COVID-19. We've all got to be very responsible, and the media has a very important role in this, particularly the social media and electronic media of all types, he said. I'm sure they want to convey the right messages and convey the right balance and risk. It comes as experts warn that the spread of misinformation and conspiracy theories about the illness online could cause as much damage as the virus itself. Dr. Daniel Jolly, Senior Lecturer in Psychology at Northampton University and PhD Researcher in Social and Legal Psychology, Pierre Lamberty from the Johannes Gutenberg University in Mainz, said that allowing misinformation to spread can lead to people distrusting health organisations and potentially ignoring their recommendations, placing their health at risk. They argue that many conspiracy theories arise during moments of crisis in society as a way of trying to make sense of a chaotic situation. People who believe in such theories tend to distrust groups they perceive as powerful, with many theories revolving around the idea of those in power acting to stay in control. As a result, the experts warn that if people do not trust health organisations, they're more likely to ignore medical advice and therefore be more at risk. Who decides if it's a conspiracy theory or if it's fact? And basically, anything different to what the official establishment narrative says, must by definition be wrong. That's the view, or as I saw it on a meme once, brilliantly, the system, the establishment basically, the system knows best and is always right. And that includes academia, that includes all of it. And there's another section here about the panic buying, and when people are in fear, of course, you stop thinking straight and one of the expressions of that panic is panic buying. And of course, the more one person buys, the less another person has. It brings out this everyone for themselves mentality. Panic buying Brits strip supermarket shelves of pasta, couscous and water. The shelves of British supermarkets are emptying at pace and staples are being rationed as coronavirus stockpiling. spiralled out of control today amid warnings of food rights if the crisis worsens. Shortages previously limited to antibacterial hand gel and hand soap and spread to cupboard items such as rice, pasta, couscous, pot needles, bottled water, toilet roll, and pet food, as well as chilled items including milk, butter, and yogurt. Of course, there are many people who are in difficult times financially, and they use food banks. So, what's the impact of food banks going to be, and the impacts on those people, as with the response to the coronavirus? The article continues, pharmacy shelves are also emptying a paracetamol, ibuprofen and immune system boosting tablets such as Barocca as people prepare to fight off the flu-like illness that is called claimed hundreds of lives worldwide. Hundreds of lives in a world of nearly 8 billion people. Again, it helps to put the numbers into context. Facebook and Twitter is packed with photographs of empty shelves from major supermarkets across the UK, where shoppers appear to have thrown empty boxes into the aisles in the mad scramble for items. Many online readers have also shared pictures of their well stocked larders as people prepare for weeks in isolation. One reader said, I have been trying for three days to buy pasta, but I cannot see any as most shops have run out of pasta and pasta sauce. The scramble for food has also revealed what Britons do not consider essentials despite a China-style shutdown of the communities predicted, including some flavors of crisps and confectionery, including Terry's chocolate orange. Londoner Jassia Warren tweeted, interesting to see what people are stockpiling in my local supermarket. Bare shelves for rice, pasta, hand-washed tissues and new roll. Also interesting to see what people are not stockpiling. Plenty of crumpets and get well cards. Their loss is my gain. Hashtag stockpiling. Shops have seen a surge in panic buying fueled by the coronavirus crisis and supermarkets have now drawn up contingency plans to feed the nation in the event of a sudden escalation that has emerged. With two chains already rationing cells, a former Tesla executive said a major outbreak in Britain would quickly lead to empty shelves and food riots. Riots, perfect for justifying surveillance and control. Ricardo was emailed customers to warn it is running out of home delivery slots due to exceptionally high demand and particularly large orders. Weight Trains reported seeing more demand for cleaning products and hand sanitizers, and Tesco's website is sold out of hand gel. Lidl said it is experiencing a significant increase in demand for durable products and disinfectants. It is now limited sales of hand sanitizers to two per customer, as has Boots. Industry experts insist that supermarkets have continuously plans to cope with the worst case scenario, and despite the pressure, will ensure food remains on shelves. Under the plan, supermarkets will work alongside suppliers to scale back the variety of available foods and groceries, instead of paying attention to maintaining the supply of staple products, the Guardian reported. However, senior food markets analyst Bruno Montaigne, a former Tesla executive, warned if a major coronavirus outbreak happens, that will quickly lead to panic buying, empty shelves and food riots. Some people will stay calm because there's nothing to be gained by panicking. So not everyone will be rioting and panic buying. Some will, but not everyone, Mr. who and works for stockbrokers. Bernstein told industry magazine the grocery plans are surely being drawn up with supplies to rationalize product ranges when necessary. The objective is not to scaremonger the industry has plans to deal with this. This is interesting. I came across this. It's very clear there is an element of manipulation with coronavirus news. Watch the number four hundred thousand or four hundred. Google coronavirus four hundred thousand and see for yourself search a video on YouTube called Coronavirus, a worldwide scam. This is all you need to see. And I'm not saying it's a scam, but that's the name of the video. It's worth watching because what you'll see is an endless number of articles, many in the mainstream media, which feature the number 400,000. Bear in mind when you watch like I said, I'm not saying coronavirus is a scam or not. The constant recurrence of the numbers 400,000 or 400 needs serious questioning because it doesn't just relate to numbers affected, but other things as well. The statistical chances of it all being coincidence is basically none. So if there's manipulation on that front, what other manipulation is there in terms of coronavirus news? The people most at risk from coronavirus are those who are already vulnerable to disease, just like seasonal flu, as I said earlier. And this is an article in BrightBite or on BrightBite.com. Alternative news website, although this is cool. New England Journal of Medicine, coronavirus could be no worse than flu. An editorial published Friday in the New England Journal of Medicine, this was published on the 28th of February. An editorial published Friday in the New England Journal of Medicine speculated that the coronavirus currently causing panic in world markets could turn out no worse than a severe seasonal influenza in terms of mortality. Citing an analysis of the available data from the outbreak in China, the authors note that there have been zero cases among children younger than 15, and that the fatality rate is 2% at most, and could be considerably less than 1%. Those who died have been elderly, or those who were already suffering from another illness, as with ordinary flu. The underlying data suggests that the symptoms vary, and fewer than 1 in 6 of the cases reported were severe. The authors note that coronavirus looks to be much less severe than other recent outbreaks of respiratory illnesses. The authors say the overall clinical consequences of COVID-19 may ultimately be more akin to those of a severe seasonal influenza, which has a case fatality rate of approximately 0.1%, or a pandemic influenza, similar to those in 1957 and 1968, rather than a disease similar to SARS or MERS, which have had case fatality rates of 9 to 10% and 36% respectively. The article continues, the vast majority of patients recover, and among those who are hospitalized, the median stay thus far is 12 days. Coronavirus, they note, does spread easily and the average infected person is infected two other people. That means the US should expect the US to gain a foothold, but they note travel restrictions on China imposed by President Donald Trump over the objections of some critics may have helped slow the spread of the virus. China has long been a target of the United States, as I talk about in episode 49. At the moment, more people die from seasonal flu and heart disease, cancer and road traffic accidents than coronavirus by far. So it was important to keep that perspective to keep the situation in context. And don't panic. When you panic, you stop thinking straight. And when people are in fear, they look outside of themselves for someone or something to protect them from what they've been manipulated to fear. And one of those solutions suggested will be a vaccine. Watch the vaccine. I think we need to be very wary when it comes to a vaccine. I've talked about vaccines before in episode 44, part two and episode 54 part two and episode 64 and it's interesting actually in episode 64 I talk about plans by health minister Penny Lewis to make criticism of vaccines online a criminal offense it's interesting that that happened around the time of this coronavirus situation that that was suggested and this coronavirus whether it's real or manufactured will be exploited I think it I think it already is starting to be to bring in the cult's agenda under the guise of protection. And this is why we need to take time to do our own research and find the information for ourselves, and stay calm and thus be able to think straight and just consider whether these measures are necessary because they can only happen with public support. And much of the cult's agenda, which I've laid out during the course of pay-per-view, will be implemented and will stay around after coronavirus if we allow it and that's why we need to just take a step back and look at it dispassionately from an objective perspective rather than being caught up in it staying calm and just looking at it coldly and rather than letting emotions get the better of you because then you stop thinking straight and then we're up the creek without a paddle then if enough people do that so staying calm is one of the best pieces of advice. So that's it for this segment stay tuned for the full episode. And for more on coronavirus, check out episodes 64, 66 and 67.